The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. When I was boxing, I broke my nose. I shouldn't be able to move it around and double-click and order shit off Amazon from your face. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Canadian comedy has had many icons. Many of them have graced the stage of Second City. Yuck yucks. Many of them have broken way out in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, California. New York City. Embraced by the American public. But how many actually come home? How many actually sit down and chit-chat with us? One did, not too long ago. We're recalling one of our first big interviews back when we started this little show, Inside Jokes, and he's here in studio today. Welcome back, the prodigal son. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going one-on-one exclusive interview with Russell Peters. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Vince Tedesco, here on a wonderful evening, and we have an exclusive one-on-one with one of Canada's finest, the adored son, the, the prodigal son, if you will, a returning friend of the show, a man we love so very dearly, Trevor Noah couldn't make it in tonight, but instead, <laughs> we have the one, the only, Toronto's very own, Mr. Russell Peters. Hi. What's happening, Russell? Hi, Vince. <laughs> things are going well, I see. Uh, well, things are okay. Well, I mean, from the last time you graced our studios, which was about four years ago now, we've kind of... Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute, as they say. <clears throat> uh, a hot minute. A lot has happened in the life of Russell Peters. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it has. Well, I mean, the family has increased. Family has increased. The baby mama numbers have increased. The baby mama numbers, that's always good to know, right? Know. Um, congratulations on the new son. Thanks. I like him. Uh, you like him? He's a good kid. Nine months, as we said earlier. Nine months. He's a very happy kid. That's very, the good news. That's the good news. Yeah. So you have an, a reoccurring bit that I always love playing for my married friends, which is, which kid do you like better? Yeah. Now you're in that scenario. Yeah, well, it's my daughter's number one for sure. Of course, I, uh, da- yeah, Daddy's little girl will always be that. But uh, I mean, you know, she's got a nine-year head start. That's a, there you go. Yeah. So an, but, an unfair advantage. But I mean, little boys. I mean, that that it's a, the daughters will always be daddy's favorite. Yeah. Well, the little boys will just. She's you know, going to be the one that's going to look after me. There you go. You know. Which is, you know, not too far away when you're in that wheelchair. Really, it really and she is not. in the corner and walks up for the night. It really is not that far away. <laughs> so let's dive into everything that's been kind of happening. Um, new special. Yes. Amazon Prime Video. Correct, Amundo. Hello, Mumbai, baby. You kind of killed it on this one. Did you watch it? I did. I saw it Friday night when it came out. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> wait, you think I don't do my homework here? Well, I don't know if you watched it or are you doing homework now. No, see? no, no. Deported, <laughs> as it is. Uh, and show So you just Amazon watched Prime it out of Video. obligation, I see. Well, what you're doing. well. Shout out to Amazon Prime Video, who's actually stepping up their game a lot in the comedy division. Um, congrats on the special. What is it? Uh, what was it about essentially Mumbai uh, that made you want to kind of scratch that off the bucket list? Well, you know, if you look at the uh, where I've shot all my other specials, it was uh, uh, San Francisco, New York, uh, London, Sydney, um, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Iconic Massey Hall. Yeah. And I was like, let me see. You know, I've talked a lot about Indian people throughout my career. I've been Indian for a long time now. For most of your career, you've been Indian, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I wanted to show the people of India that it was all done out of love and respect. So what better way to show somebody you love and respect them by shooting a special in there in the place that I've revered for so long? 
Now, it wasn't too long ago that your brother graced these studios, Clayton, who's actually just sitting right beside you. Hey. And uh, when the mention of you shooting this special in Mumbai, mm-hmm. the weather alert for Mumbai, I think, was Inferno Haze. It was uh, Smoke. Yeah, smoke, smoke. Smoke is a uh, is a um, weather It's an actual of, weather alert an, warning. Uh, yep. How hot was it when you were... It was in June, no? It was in June. It was a little warm. <laughs> it wasn't as hot in Bombay as it was in... New Delhi when we were up there at that time. Remember what was it? Something stupid. It was like, like 42 or 43. No, it was more than that. It was like, yeah, it was high. It was in yeah. the 40s for sure. And, and this was essentially a bucket list item now? Yeah. Are, are there more sort of venues like this that you want to kind of I don't know now. I think I've, I've done all the places that mean, um, you know, that are very close to my heart. Toronto, uh, India, New York, um, London, Australia. These are all the, and these are also places that I wanted to set a precedent so that if anybody else decides to shoot their special thereafter, I did it first. There you go. <laughs> um, one thing in with your special, which I hope everyone kind of streams in and uh, and views on Amazon Prime Video, is your extension, the the extension of of essentially crowd work. How you see that entire audience, um, your crowd work is phenomenal. I mean, Thanks. it's probably one of the things people would most likely. Recognizing your comedy, you're very charming with the audience. Yet you hold uh, you hold nothing back. You kind of go after them. Um, being that I didn't see the special, I don't want to give anything away. But a very distinct crowd in Mumbai. It was uh, distinct. It was two nights too. So there were two. We nights? only used one, we only used one night, right? A little bit from the first night, but it's mostly the I second. Did we? I won't. I can't even tell when you cut away yeah. to the old to the first show or the second show. Some people got the Russell Peters like you know VIP treatment who were sitting. You get the uh, you get <laughs> you know you get it if you uh, you know. I, I, listen, when I talk to the crowd, it's not about attacking them. It's about me talking to you. And then by your answers is where we're going from there, you know. Um, the the thing I want to kind of harpoon at is now, like, okay, comedy in 2020 is very different from comedy when you started. Oh, yeah. Completely. Like, I wouldn't say 360. Not even comedy, the entire world. Exactly. I and started in, very, in 89, so that's a, five decades ago. They, exactly. In five decades, it's a very ultra-sensitive kind of society we live in. Mm-hmm. As a comic, that, that as you are, obviously, but the brand that you kind of are known for, you hold no punches. You, you, you go after everyone equally. Yep. I must say in a more charming way about it, but, I mean, truths are truths, and, and you kind of outline them. How is it that if you want to call it, quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes, cancel culture or that sort of vibe hasn't really stuck with you and you're kind of getting away, not scot-free, but it's everything's A-OK when Russ says it. Um, because, you know, it's not about the words. People really fixate on the words, and that's, uh, and that's not what you should be fixating on. You should always focus on the intent behind the words and the look in the person's eyes. You can see when I say something where my heart is at. You know, I'm not saying something to hurt your feelings. I'm doing it. Literally for the joke. But with that excuse, I mean, many comics have been burned by the same sort of words or maybe, intent. Yeah, but I'm saying maybe their intent was off. You can you can't fake intent. That's true. That's yeah, true. You know I, what mean, I mean, you, you gotta... can see it in the person's eyes when they say it where where they're at with it. More with Russell Peters exclusive one on one interview when we come back right here on Inside Jokes Global News Radio six forty to one. What's happening? I know it's going to sound strange, but it's good to be home. It's, uh, 
And although I was never born or raised here, but I still feel at home. I feel like I don't have to do things that I have to do back home to keep up with white people. I can just be a comfortable brown man here. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't even have to put on deodorant over here if I don't want to, because it's not stopping you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Give it up for starting from scratch, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am your host, Vince Tedesco. We have our exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with Russell Peters. In sort of branding your type of comedy, is that something that you almost want to step up your game to when you see society kind of shifting in this way? Like, you're just like, okay, well, everyone's kind of getting in their, you know... They're knickers in a rut over this, but I mean, let me see if I can kind of push the envelope a little bit more. Not that you are a comic that tends to push the envelope, but how far do you see the lines moving for your brand of comedy? Well, for me, I don't, I, see, I, the, I don't consider any of that stuff when I'm writing my act. I'm not like, oh, what are they going to say? They are never going to buy a ticket. The people that are there to attack you. And, yeah, they got one job, and that's pretty yeah, much that's the, I mean, and have you ever met one? Over you. Have you ever met one? There's a few. I've Some never, have even graced the studio. I've never met one. Okay. And uh, so I don't know that they're real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see them online. The internet trolls. Yeah. I almost feel like it's the Russians. They got bots that are doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they got these bots that search for trigger words and then they go and they have these attack modes that they go into. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you are more online these days. Uh, you've been kind of Instagramming it up everywhere you go. Your, your schedule's crazy. You're traveling everywhere. You're in Florida, heading back to Florida, yeah, yeah. Uh, into Toronto now. I mean, hey, welcome. This, 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 all this stuff wasn't here last week, by the way. Yeah, it's it, nice and it was a warm out Christmas. today. <laughs> I was here for Christmas. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, there was nothing. Then my, daughter, my daughter said, Daddy, I want to see snow this year. I said, oh. all right, baby, let's go to Canada. Yeah, she disappointed. We got to Canada, and it was the warmest winter you've, we've had in what? How many years was the warmest winter? Yeah, it's, it's it was pretty warm. It was yeah. pretty warm, and uh, we all got sick. Yeah, that's yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of fighting that bug that's going. It was on right the now. but it was the one that was the mouth and butt one. It was every coming out of both ends, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Russ, what I want to dive into is that your your engagement on social media is obviously your, your your game has been stepped up. You're obviously very loyal to your fans and very uh, uh, respectable, and when they share your content and you kind of share it back. Uh, one thing again, these trolls, quote unquote, using air quotes, yeah. uh, lately with the last special, kind of went after the wife or the girlfriend, saying that no, 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 she's Mexican and Honduran. And well, yeah, no. So yeah, on, on you know, I did the joke about my girlfriend being. Mexican, right? Because my son's half Mexican, exactly. Um, but she's half Mexican, half Honduran. But for the sake of the joke, and especially in India, if I say Honduran, they don't know what that is. They know what a Mexican is, right? If I say Honduran, then I have to go into a whole explanation about where Honduras is, and I can't. You know, you're going to take away from the, the the timing of my joke. Exactly. So I'm, that's <clears> what I'm <throat> saying. For the purpose of the joke, it's kind of like never let the truth hurt a good story. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Yeah. For the sake of comedy. Yes, but I understand like why the Honduran community was upset that I didn't mention it because my my girlfriend is was Miss Honduras. Ah. In 2012, and she went to Miss Universe with it. So they're like, wait, she's Honduras. Why are you mentioning, you know? But she was also Miss Michoacan in, in Mexico. So <clears throat> she was also Miss Teen Downey. I mean, 
But I mean, as far as the, not that that was any sort of backlash. No, it wasn't but, backlash. But she was like, "Babe, people, my my Honduran community is really getting mad." And I'm like, "All right, for you, I will do this video." Right. So then you posted it online. I posted you it online. Clear the air. You know, um, I I, cle- I cleared the air, but now the Mexicans got mad at me. Oh, for the love of God! The Mexicans were like, "What? She's half Honduran? You're full of crap! Don't talk about Mexicans!" I'm like, "My kid's Mexican." Oh, good. Lord. I live in L.A. I don't hate anybody. I this, love everybody. This is what I'm talking about. I was like, can <clears> what, people sit back and just enjoy? Well, no, that the problem is too many people have the ability to say whatever they want to people with no repercussions. Like, you won't get these people coming up to you in person. No, because they'd be, what, too starstruck to... No, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, whatever their deal is. special butt... Like, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to do that. Right, they'll walk away and mumble it to themselves, or but maybe the post something of their own online home yeah. behind a keyboard. Yeah, that's the thing, and you know, and that's the problem with this cancel culture is that you got all these people that don't want you to say this and don't want you to say that. But then they'll go online and say whatever they want to you. And you're like, well, hold on. What's the double standard going on here? Exactly. I'm doing. I'm working on a whole thing right now about it because I'm, I'm all about people expressing themselves and being whoever they want to be. But I have questions. Understand and, and the, so. and that the problem is, is that a lot of times this, this new culture that's coming up is they want you to accept something without questioning it. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. And that, ha- that has to do with everything in my life. I can't just accept something because you told me. I need more information. Do you believe that people just listen to the they listen to the words and not the art form? People listen to the words. Oh, listen, I, I get it too. If you were to read a transcript of my act, oh, you, I, I would be like, what? I, I would read it and go, this is horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this is the worst thing I've ever read. But if you hear it and see it performed, you're like, oh, that was fun. It, but there's a difference between reading it and because you read it in whatever tone you decide to read it in. Exactly. And I do the same thing with text uh, with uh, Twitter. Or, or Instagram, I can read comments, and I, a comment could be nice, but I read it in Completely a snarky tone way. in my head because I'm like, I'm sure that's what they're doing to me right now. Understandably so. I mean, the human brain, how it'll process anything, how it wants to see it, I guess, through the lens of how it's, you know, they want to view it. Uh, Wait, I noticed that my mic is not lit up, but my brother's mic is. Trust me, the, the, we have a lighting So issue. mine's okay? Yours is okay. Yours okay. is yeah, okay. Yours is fine. Okay. <laughs> and you, it's great. You have this 18-month-old kid here working. He's adorable, and, isn't he? He is. Has he got the bow tie on? There he is. He's yeah, got he's, the bow tie. Little he, of cord. course I got a bow tie on today. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> he's like a fly. He's like a fly ginger. He is? There yeah. you go. How old are you, Corey? Uh, 24. 24. But he looks, honestly, like he looks like a little kid. He looks like he's eight years old. We'll get a shot and post it on social media. Because he's baby-faced, you know? <laughs> he is. He's very baby-faced. Like it's, you know what? I'm from, my parents are from Newfoundland, so it runs in the family. Oh, wow. Are they okay back there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're now. Totally What's going fine. on? St. John's. Oh, yeah. Woo. Oh, yeah. No, my dad came home from the hospital in that snow. It was not fun, but he made it home. There you go. Oh, what? He works in the hospital? No, he was in the hospital. Oh. <laughs> and then okay with your pops? Oh, yeah. He's fine. Okay. He's a tough dude. How old's your dad? Like my age? Uh, he's in his 50s now. Yeah, so he's, so he's in his 50s he's, now. He's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's alive. That's all that matters. That's good, yeah. There you go. Um, you should have Corey on the show more often. <laughs> Corey. He's Corey, an interesting kid. He is very interesting. He has a lot of stories, Corey. Yeah. Um, story Corey. Story Corey. There it's you go. Corey's, a Corey's Story Corner. That's what, uh, that, you got to get a little section in Corey, there. you could be having your own like kind of podcast yeah. launching right here. Yeah. Executive producer, Russell Corey's Peters. Stories. <laughs> Brought Russ, to you by the Manchild. We'll have more with stories with Corey, huh? Is that the name of the show now? Uh, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Stay tuned. More with Russell, Inside Jokes. Dad, I'm going to go to the gym. What's in the gym? <laughs> they have studies in the gym? No, you're not going to the gym. You stay home and do your studies. 
And because you never tone up, you stay this like really smushy kind of skinny, you know? And you eat whatever you want your entire life. And then at 30, your Indian jeans kick in and go, okay, party's over. And then you just get fat. And it's like an awful fat that we get. And that's what happened to me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm much older than that now, but I got like a weird kind of fat. I was like my normal fat. And then I woke up one morning, I was like, Pfft. I was like, oof, I'm bloated. I figured I would pee it out. I would sweat it out. I'd be fine the next day. Anyway, cut to a year and a half later, and I'm still, and I go, something's wrong. So I go to the doctor, I go, doc, I got fat. He goes, yes. I said, thanks, I didn't come here for confirmation. I came here to find out why I got fat. He goes, well, why do you think you're fat? I said, because um, I have a mirror. And I walked past it naked the other day and I thought somebody else was in my room. Oh my God, who's fat hairy ass is that? Turns out it was my stomach. It was. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am Vince Tedesco and gracing us in studio today is the one, the only, Mr. Russell Peters right here. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. With your sort of brand of comedy, with your, not, I, I, keep, I keep saying brand because uh, with your brother sitting right beside you, he does see it as a brand. But I mean, you've been so um, committed to stand up. I've rarely have you. I mean, there's been a few projects where you veered away, right? Uh-huh. But <clears throat> Russell Peters, the name is known as a stand-up comedian, right? I'm not saying Russell Peters, the actor, Russell Peters, the producer. Even though you've done multiple projects under those titles, yeah, those, those are all things I do. But ultimately, I'm a comic, and and that's <clears throat> kind of where you, the lane you want to stay in, or is I mean, or, it's kind of it, listen. I always want to do other things, correct? But in this business, if if the opportunities aren't there. They're mm-hmm. not there. And and I could create my own opportunities. But I'm literally a lone wolf in this. I'm not, you know, I don't have, like, writing partners. And I don't have hey, that other. Hey, how about your boy? <laughs> What's up? Hey. I don't have <laughs> my foot in any other doors or I don't have my hands in any other But you pots. have dabbled. I, I've dabbled. I mean, <clears throat> I have ideas, but I'm not. I've never, I haven't met the right people that are going to, that we all just sit down and go, oh, this is our, this is our group right here. Um. I want to bring up something that uh, fans of Toronto got to, a chance to witness was the Indian Detective, a series that aired, what was it, two years ago now? It's uh, We shot it three years ago. It aired uh, three, two and a half years ago, yeah. How was your experience with all of that, as in the acting Russell Peters I, now? I had a great time doing that, man. I, like, I really enjoyed it. It was a <coughs> it, was, it was played out as a miniseries, six, yeah, seven episodes? Yeah, four episodes. Four episodes, four episodes, sorry. And, uh, you know. Shot in Toronto and? And South Africa. South Africa. Crazy. We, we dubbed, we subbed South Africa for India. Okay, fair enough. And but then, and then we did like a couple of days in India because you can't, you can't actually fake India. Okay, understandably so. I mean, you you can go to Brampton, but you still can't fake <laughs> India. Now, throughout that process, that must have been a what, a two, three month ordeal? Two and a half months. Two and a half months. No itch to kind of explore where this might take you from an acting point of view, from a producing point of view. What do you mean? Um, like, did I want to go further with it? More of this. Uh, agents get me out there. I want to do more. Yeah, no. I mean, I've always wanted to act, and I and I enjoy it when I do it. But you know, having done that and being number one on the call sheet is not the most fun in the world. Okay. Number one on the call sheet means you're on set probably almost every day, and uh, I don't like hard work like that. Okay, the schedule is a little, you know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a lazy guy to be honest with you. <laughs> Clean's looking at me and not laughing. Yeah, I, I like I like the that that life, and I you know I did a movie this past summer. It's coming out later this year, um, and uh, I was like I think I was like way less 
like maybe number 10 or 11 on the call sheet. Okay. And I loved that. Right. <laughs> you know for, I mean? for those people who don't know what, you know, what being numbered on the call sheet is pretty much. Number one means you're, you're like, the lead. you're the lead. Right. And then, you know, the, you're the co-star number two. And then it, as you get lower, you have less roles in the movie. You have less scenes in the movie. What was one of those stories you said? And I, I remember it from an interview and I don't know. People had heard it and were laughing, but I just started giggling my ass off. What was that movie? Was it Valentine's Day or the one you did oh, with yeah. John Bon Jovi? <clears throat> oh, yeah, that was. Uh, what was that movie? Valentine's, oh, Valentine's Day, Day yeah, and yeah. you and him were kind of sitting <coughs> off camera. Yeah, we were sitting. Um, it was and the first day of shooting. <laughs> first day of shooting. <coughs> Sorry, something's in my throat. No, and, no. Um, no, I'm good. There's no water in my throat. I um, <laughs> I uh, I was uh, it was the first day of shooting, and I'm standing in this kitchen, and uh, John Bon Jovi is standing right beside me because we're in the scene. We walk into the scene together. Correct. And all I'm thinking in my head is, "Holy crap, that's John Bon Jovi!" And, and what and, comes in your head? And and I'm like. But it's taking like it's like fifteen minutes now. We're literally just standing there, not saying a word to each other. Right. And I'm like, this is getting awkward. And I'm running through every Bon Jovi song in my head. <laughs> and I know he he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't care who no. I am. No, why would he know who I was? No, he's John Bon Jovi, Russell Peters. We became friends old? after, but okay. um, at the time he didn't know who I was. I could just be an extra. He doesn't know. He's nice. He was very nice. He was not nice hair. Good quality. He, he, he was in great hair, but he's, he wasn't like he wasn't like he didn't have like a dicky vibe or nothing. He was just okay. really cool. And I, at the same time, I didn't want to take advantage of that cool vibe by being like, oh, what do you, what do you, like I don't want to annoy the guy. Right. So, but it's taking long enough now, and I just so to break this to break the tension, I just look at him and go, hey, did you uh, you know that Johnny used to work on the docks? And without missing a beat, he goes, it was Tommy. And then you, Gary Marshall yells, action, and we had to start the scene. I love that story. And then you cut to that was a 2011, and then you cut to the New Year's Eve 2013 to 2014. I'm in Turks and Caicos with Nile Rogers, right? <clears throat> and so I'm there with Nile Rogers and Sheik, and we're there. And Prince was there too. Hey, and uh, I'm standing side stage while Nile and them are performing. And Nile's like, Prince, come to the stage. And they're doing like this big long solo so that Prince will come onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there like watching, and I'm like grooving out of here. Russell! And I turn around, and it was John Bon Jovi. And he goes, what the hell are you doing here? And I go, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm here with my family. Hey, honey, come here. It's my friend Russell. And he introduced me to his wife and his kids. He's a really great guy. Hey, shout out John Bon Jovi. <laughs> he's, eh? uh, he's a real guy, and he's a great guy. And I go, I'm here with Nile. He goes, yeah, I used to get coffee for these guys. I used to be a... a, a, a I used to be a, a what's it called the people uh, that volunteer at the studios a grip uh, an intern yeah I was an intern, <laughs> intern I was an intern at the studio and I used to have to get them coffees and I would intern so I can get studio time Not so he paid shabby. his dues hey it's it's nice that he kind of sh- gave you a shout out like that after how yeah, many months later that was three years later three years later three years later in Turks and Caicos what are yeah. the odds our exclusive one on one with Russell Peters on Inside Jokes Global News Radio six forty Toronto. I've had acid reflux my entire life, my entire life. And I remember being six years old. And here's the, here's the worst thing about having acid reflux. It's triggered by food. And when you grow up in an Indian house and your food is Indian food and this food triggers your fucking acid reflux and you can't eat Indian food anymore, you're a piece of shit. Like I remember going to my mom, mom, I can't eat Indian food anymore. My mom goes, what? Do you realize people in India are dying to eat this food? Literally dying. I said, Mom, do you understand that I'm dying if I eat this food? 
literally dying. I was six years old. I remember this clearly. I was being six years old. I was six years old, and I remember burping, and fire shot up my chest, and flames came out my nose. And I remember it clearly because there was tears coming down my eyes. And I remember going, I'm crying, and I'm not crying. I'm very confused. And I go to my mom and go, Mom, mom it burns when I burp. And my mom goes, what? I said, it burns when I burp. Oh, my God. It burns when he burps. Oh, my God, son. Okay, <clears throat> do this. Don't burp. It's a love fest here in the studio as we are sitting with Russell Peters back in studio with us here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Uh, this is another thing I want to dive into, your appreciation of music, and uh, I've also watched the documentary Evolution of Hip Hop. Hip Hop Evolution. Uh, Hip Hop Evolution, yeah. you, which you were executive producer on. I am, I am. Um, that is another avenue which people also know you add, is the whole DJ kind of uh, the world. I mean, growing up, that was kind of your... That was my thing. That was your thing. It was your vibe. It was your jam. It was your hobby. You kind of never let it go. I never let it go. Comedy kicked in, but yet you still, every once in a while... I still DJ. You still DJ. More or less for kind of the friends of the... I mean, <clears throat> no one can hire you, can they? You can hire me, but you have to understand that I'm not playing any new music. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are three things that every DJ should have in their kind of anthology to, for a playlist? Three um, songs. I mean, it depends on what kind of party you're doing. Regular birthday party, old school jams, go 80s and 90s. I mean, if you're going to, for parties, you, you need to have, um, you need the songs that people want to sing. Gotcha. Okay. You want songs that bring back memories. Gotcha. It's for my parties, at least. Okay. I want to make sure the girls are dancing. 100%. Girls are the priority. Women are the priority. If the women are dancing, the men will dance. If the women are having a good time, the men will be having a good time. So female-centric tunes. <clears throat> Absolutely, because... Uh, ultimately, the only reason guys are there is because women are there. <laughs> and yeah. if the women are bored, the guys are not going to have a good time. There's, have you been out with your, you? You married? No. No. Do you have a girlfriend? No. You banging anybody? Let's keep let's it to you. Let's just say. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say when you're with a lady, and if she's not having a good time, you are not allowed to have a good time. Understandably so. Because it, it, that's it's selfish. And uh, as men, we're we're already historically selfish. So we might as well share this moment. And as a as a guy and as a DJ, I look for the the look of joy in a woman's eyes when she hears a song that takes her back, and then and everybody it, gets happy. Oh, that's that's my trick. With See, it. as one thing that the show does, it gets into the introscope or the I don't know, I just made that word up. Introspective, whatever of the comedic mind. But now we're getting into the introspective. <laughs> <laughs> Making it up as I go. Yeah, that'll fit. That'll that was fit. An <laughs> so from a comedic standpoint to a, a DJ standpoint, at looking at a crowd, personality and the vibe of that audience plays so much into what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna make them happy and make them dance. And if you feel like challenging them by, you want to see how deep their musical knowledge is, and you can tell by the the deeper you get into the. The beast or the album cuts, you know. Uh, you ever have to pull back from a comedic standpoint? Like, I don't think this audience is too smart to go where I'm going. Or yeah, yeah, you gotta do it all the time. And did you ever have to step up your game where you think and they're not laughing at the butts and fart jokes or maybe something here or there? I yeah, that happens too. But you know, it's easier to pull back than it is to pull forward. <laughs> Toughest crowd you ever kind of performed in front of? Um, <clears throat> from a feedback from the audience, I'm saying. I mean. Uh, because you, know, you are essentially international comic. I mean, everywhere. It's whenever the audience is like uh, homogenized, when it's like just one group of people, and they don't have the uh, 
there's no there's it, it's a it's like like I'll give an example. I was in okay. Lebanon and, right. and it was a great show as far as five five thousand people came out. But Lebanon is full of Lebanese people. Yeah. And I say that because you can go to like Dubai and it's mixed. Correct. Everybody. You can go to uh, other countries in the Middle East and it's mixed. But Lebanon is Lebanese and they're very um, – and, and they they like me and they came to see me. But they're looking for me to do just jokes geared to them. And I'm like, no, no, no. What I do is everybody. But the problem is in Lebanon, there's not everybody's not there. Whoa. So when I would talk about other people, they would – kind of smile and they would sort of get it but they uh they would stare at you a lot and until you got back to them is the and co- then i would walk i walked off stage because man that was a horrible show and then people were like oh we had a great time liked it so much and i'm like <laughs> well why don't you tell your mouth and your hands that because uh uh i thought i was bombing up there is the cardinal sin of anybody sitting in an audience is the you know the vid of the 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 arms crossed, the kind of looking at you, dumb face. I mean, you get that all the time. It's not uh, make me laugh kind of approach. You get that, you know, and then you can see you can see if they're doing it to be a dick or if they're just if they're just genuinely bored. And those are the people I focus on because I'm like, what can I do to make you happy, sir? <laughs> More with Brampton slash Toronto slash the world zone as he's loved near and far with Russell Peters when we come back right here. Inside jokes, Global News Radio, six forty, Toronto. I, uh, I put the gown on the right way, and I walk back in the room, and uh, she goes, all right, Mr. Peters, just hop up here, and we'll get started. So I hop up on the table, but I put my ass right against the wall, because like I said, I train jiu-jitsu. If you want to come at me when I'm on my back, it's your funeral, not mine. And she goes, all right, sir, just so you know, during this procedure, we're going to be putting you under using propofol. I said, wait, wait a minute, propofol? Isn't that the shit that killed Michael Jackson? She goes, yes, yes, it is. I go, what do you mean, yes, yes, it is? Why are you so happy about this? They killed the biggest pop star of my lifetime, and you think it's just okay for me to take? She said, sir, Michael Jackson was having it improperly administered. I said, Michael Jackson was having many things improperly administered. <laughs> but wasn't this doctor's name Dr. Conrad Murray? Yes. Wasn't he a doctor? Yes. Well, what's your title? I'm an anesthesiologist. I said, look, I don't care what your zodiac sign is, all right? <laughs> I don't even know what month that is. She said, sir, my job is to make sure you go to sleep and wake up. I said, that is a fine answer, and I will accept that. She goes, great, please lay on your side. I said, nah, nah, nah. Why, why, why I gotta lay on my side? I lay, I lay on my side, you knock me out, you lift up the dress, you flip up a butt cheek, you start stuffing me like a turkey. I'm not falling for this trick, lady. Back in studio with us, the Indian detective, Mr. Deported, Amazon Prime Video, right here, sitting in with us, exclusive, one-on-one with Russell Peters. Uh, this special, you obviously make an entire... How big was that arena? 9,000 seats or something. Yeah, 9,000 seats each uh, And nevertheless, yeah, like we said, you don't hold any punches back. Uh, I mean, in other cultures, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there, mm-hmm. and it's a praise amongst many praises, but from... I'm not going to be able to get up with all the smoke in my ass. Oh, from a Canadian <laughs> standpoint, you are, I would say, and I'm going to say this, our Don Rickles. Okay, I'll take it. You'll take it? Take from it. an American standpoint, like, no way anybody would ever compare you to Don Rickles. Yeah. But I mean, again, you go after everybody equally. 
Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, Don Rickles was definitely an influence. Exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah. It obviously shows yeah. in your comedy. Um, progressing from that, I mean, have you run out of things to say about people? Are the stereotypes... Well, stereotypes ever run out in your comedy? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, so this past weekend, I did seven shows in Orlando. And I'm on stage on Sunday night, the early show. And there's an uh, it's a packed house. And, I, and I'm, I start talking to this Indian guy on the side. I go, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? I go, what do you do? And he put his his face in his hand, and he goes, ugh. And I go, what? What do you do? He goes, I own a bunch of 7-Elevens. Oh, here we go. And I literally went, you know, you're the reason the stereotype exists. <laughs> so, again, I, I've said this once before. I don't come up with the stereotypes. They're there. I just present them back to you. Well, fair enough. Fair enough for well. Uh- and, again, also my my – my um, I I don't try to come up and do my comedy that way. It's just the way it happens. Would you say you have an eye for just the vast majority of the population that you've sort of struck a nerve with the people that the the, the diversity of people that come onto your show? I mean, you have a there's some sort of something you relate with everyone in that room with a multicultural city like Toronto versus something like Lebanon. Obviously, it vasts and it varies, but. Uh, being a Toronto kid in a multicultural city like Toronto, you have connections with so many cultures, backgrounds that, again, people sort of expect it. They want it. They embrace it because it's coming from you. That's where I get that Don Rickles vibe from. I think people come to my shows and they learn something each time, That's which true. is which is kind of what I'm. It's not what I set out to do, but I I do appreciate when they walk away going, "Man, I didn't know that about somebody." And sometimes I'll say something about a culture that people have no clue whether it's true or not. But I, I always I can only do it. If there's somebody in the room that's from that, from those people, and I'm like, I bet you didn't know that I knew that, and then the audience is like, uh, now you know, and you know, so I'm educating, I'm educating people, 500 people at a time sometimes. More with Russell Peters and his deported comedy special on Amazon Prime Video. Stay tuned. We're all happening right here. Inside jokes. Global News Radio, 6:40 Toronto. Here's what Indian parents need to understand, is that the Indians and the Chinese will forever, always, 100% of the time, be on this planet. No matter what. There's too many of us to just go missing. If there was a nuclear war tomorrow, you know what would be left? Rats, roaches, Indians, and Chinese. That's all that would be left. And since everything's already made on this great continent of Asia, we're going to be fine. Here's what Indian parents need to understand. If an Indian guy has a kid with a white girl, they have a beige baby. That's a win for us. I have two kids with Latin women. My kids are khaki. If an Indian guy has a kid with a black woman, that's a brown baby with the possibility of a larger penis. That's another win for us. And if an Indian guy and a Chinese girl have a baby, that's a super baby, and that's a win-win, and you can name the kid Win-Win. Welcome back to an all-exclusive here of Inside Jokes. We are going one-on-one with the great one, The Rock Dwayne. No, I'm kidding. He's not here. It's Russell Peters, baby. He's sitting in studio. Let's go back right here. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Inside Jokes. The lifestyle, the lifestyle back in Los Angeles is kind of... uh, shaped you in a way where 
as much as you do reside in the states, mm-hmm. uh, you're still revered coast to coast across this country. Um, well, I'm still, I'm still I was going to be Canadian. Exactly. A lot of people don't don't embrace that. Um, I, you know, you know what the funny the funniest thing I get in America is that people go, "Oh, you, what are you doing out here?" I go, "I've been living here 14 years." They're like, "Oh, I thought you were Canadian." I go, "I am." They're like, "Oh no, I thought you lived there." I go, "I did for the first 36 years of my life." You know. And, and and that's the thing I think that people embrace with you so much. Um, you recently again saw you online coming back uh, a couple months back for a Raptors game. Yep, saw with yep. Mr. Superfan Nav there. Yep, Nav Nav invited me. He and, wanted me to come to the Christmas Day game. I'm going, Nav, I can't go on Christmas Day. I came here for Christmas, and I can't be like, hey guys, I'm going to dip out and go watch a basketball game. But still, your presence at the at the arena at Scotiabank Arena, everyone kind of. Uh, was cheering you on as much as you were cheering the team on. Uh, you're one of I those... got into it. I yeah, of think course. I would get into it. You're not it, really but... a sports guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, especially team sports, but I got into it. I mean, I'll, be, I'll tell you this. When the Raptors won last year, mm-hmm. I ve- got very emotional. Hey. And I'm not a basketball guy, it's but just... I felt something. Like, I got... I'm writing, the the, I'm writing my Instagram, <laughs> and I'm like, my chin's quivering. I'm like, I'm so happy for this. But uh, what I'm trying to get at is that no matter how far away you've traveled, gone, live, reside, when you come back, you're still open-armed and embraced by everyone. Well, I hope I hope to never lose that. That's really the goal. I mean, that's... But that's what I think makes you, your comedy, and the projects that you embrace that much more uh, likable and, 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 and enjoyed by all your fans worldwide is that you don't forget your roots. A lot of comics leave Toronto and... We don't ever see or hear from them again. And yeah, I mean that, that's a choice, I, or may, may may just be perceived as that. I'm pretty sure that they're not like that, but it gets perceived. But it gets like perceived that. that way. I'll give you a funny story. Um, I was with um, Martin Short and Jim Carrey one night. We were all hanging out, um, talking. Correct. Yeah. And you know, I you know, I'm obviously fans of both of theirs, and I'm I'm obviously the new Jack in that group. And in, as far as I'm concerned, I have no business being in a conversation with either of those two guys. But I was privileged enough to be standing there, and me, Jim Carrey, and Martin Short are talking about being Canadian, and we're talking about Canadian things that we do. And you would think people go, "Oh, Jim Carrey forgot about Canada." He's never forgotten. Uh, Martin Short has never forgotten. They just have been living in America for a very long time, and they're too famous to just walk down the street and do regular things out here. You know what I mean? Well, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, but they never forget. Jim Jim Carrey told me that when he comes to Canada, he plays a game with his family. They dri- they drive up north. And uh, the first person who mentions Tim Hortons has to buy Tim Hortons for whoever in the car. I think it's a game they play. And it's funny enough, I'm I'm good friends with Jim Carrey's daughter now because she lives in the same neighborhood as myself. And she she was over at my house on New Year's Eve. Um, she came with uh, Jacques Villeneuve's uh, son, Rene. Wow, who, look, all the who, Canadian references eh? Yeah, yeah. So Rene Villeneuve it lives in my community, and his wife and, and Jim Carrey's daughter are good friends. So they brought her them over, and then and then he brought John Stamos with him. It's just, it's, just, it's just a wild thing at my house on New Year's Eve. Just people just showing up, like, hey, hey, oh, does that John Stamos? I offered him some yogurt. I didn't know what else to do. I, <laughs> well, uh, I thank you very much for coming back to Toronto this week for sitting in the studio with us today. Uh, the special is deported. Amazon Prime Video stream it now. It debuted Friday, January seventeenth. Yeah, uh, it's getting great reviews. Everyone's kind of posting clips about it online. Uh, Russ, thanks and to again. The pe- and the people that are listening to this and thinking, ugh, enough with the suck fest with Russell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm with you. 
It was a little too syrupy. <laughs> hey, could you be a little ruder to me next time? I, hey, I could go all the way. But like I said, you were one of the first that embraced the studio. Uh, I always going to thank you for that. Uh, and in memory of Santa Cruzy, our, uh, our good homie Sandra, yep, she was that was a big accomplishment for her getting you in studio and nailing down that interview. So in a homage to her, how could I ever do you wrong? How could Come I ever? Come on, how dare you? How could I ever kind of you know, smack talk Russell Peters? Uh, <laughs> good friend of the show, Russell Peters. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Amazon man. Prime Video. The special is deported. Stream it now. I'm Vince Tedesco signing off for Inside Jokes. Cruiser, I love you, babe. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. Hey, this is Corey from Stories with Corey, and this week's Comedy Rx is, well, duh, it's Russell Peters. And I'm one of those dads who's very excited. I'm always excited when I see my daughter. I don't want to be a cool dad. I don't want to be the dad that's like, hey, uh, so listen, why don't we have a conversation? No, I'm, she's a child, and I'm very childish, so it works out really well. So I burst into her room. First of all, it's my house. I'll burst into whatever room I want. Second of all, she's five and a half. She's not going to be doing anything weird, so we're good. So I burst in her room, and I go, baby! And I guess it startled her. <laughs> but she didn't react like a five-year-old. She didn't react like, yeah! She reacted like a woman. She got angry. It wasn't like, ah! It was like this. Without using any words, she went, do you not see what I'm doing? And she got so angry that it made me laugh. And the more I laughed, the angrier she got. Like a real woman. Next time your woman's yelling at you, I dare you to laugh. Just, they get worse. What are you laughing at? I don't know. But this is awesome. My happiness is making you angrier. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Two? What do you got? Boy and a girl. Which one do you like better? <laughs> Boy or the girl? I like them both. You like them both? Uh, that, that's not really the question. That's not a... <clears throat> Listen, you, you know that you have a favorite. It's human nature to like... Liking one of your kids more than the other is literally the difference between running and walking. You know that, right? Like, let me give you an example. You and your man, you're sitting in the living room, you're watching TV, and all of a sudden you hear somebody fall down the stairs. <laughs> you're sitting all of a sudden you hear... Ah! Oh my God, who is it? It's me! Oh my God! Right? Okay. So you're sitting there. All of a sudden you hear... Ah! Oh my God, who is it? It's me! Oh, for sakes. That's all I'm trying to find out. Which one would you run for? That's all I'm asking. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.